lady wrote it. Okay. Um, she's from West Virginia. Mountain Mama. But anyways, um, she wrote in, and here's what she said. Kind of, I kind of broke it up a little bit because it was kind of a little bit of a a, a letter here. She says, um, "Hi, Talk CDL." Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. But anyways, um, she says, my name is Annie. Okay. She says, first off, I love your show. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. And gosh, I'm having crazy problems here with wires today. She said, first off, I love your show. Been a long time listener. She said, you guys rock. Um, She says, "Uh, the reason I am writing to you is I wanted to tell you about my husband. Okay. Okay. She says, I just want to look at this, the uh, sound check. She said, he trucked for 10 years. He was over the road. He ran 48 states and trucking, it says, trucking was the love of his life. And then she said, besides God, myself, and our children. So, you know, aside from God, uh, his wife, and his children, trucking was this guy's life. I I I don't like the past tense sounding, though. Uh, well, I mean, let's see what, what she says. Um, he, uh, um, and uh, what I was going to say is, is, you know, trucking is a lot of people's lives. Right. It's in the blood. Well, and you know, it's funny. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, you have some guys that are trucking, right? Mm-hmm. That truly it is their life. I mean, and they, uh, they truck, if they were probably making half the money, they'd still truck. It's mm-hmm. it's because they want to be out there. That's what they love to do, mm-hmm. um, and it's their life. They love the life out there. Yes, they miss their family on the road, but they're also one of those guys and gals that when they come home for home time on day number two or three, what are they saying? I can't wait to get back out there. Right, right. It's it's something that that they're they're used to. It's they know they can't be a person that has someone overseeing every step of themselves in like an office or something to that effect. So they know they have to have that, that freedom of being in the truck on the road, but they love their family, but they also know they can't be right next to them all the time. Well, and and if we're being honest, that's one of the reasons I loved trucking was, was the freedom. I liked the freedom, but I also loved being out there, like just traveling. That's just that feeling of travel. And it sounds like this guy, you know, if this was his life, then this is what he loved. He trucked 48 states. He ran over, you know, he, he was gone for, uh, I don't know how, what, I think weeks or months, she's going to say. Um, and then she says, it's been two years since he drove America's highways. Oh. Two years. Two years. Could be many reasons. Yeah. She says, the children are now 14, 12, 9, and 5. So she, apparently she's saying she has four kids. That's a large, a large group. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you and I have how many kids? I mean, we have more than they do, you know? Um, but anyway, so she says Matthew's 14. This is current, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. She says Peyton is 12. Seth is nine. Joy is five. I like the names. And she says, our only girl, Joy. Our bundle of joy. Um, so uh, she says, 
anyways, he uh, has always been one of those drivers that believed in old school things like helping a driver on the side of the road. That's I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of people complain about the newbies. But I'm going to tell you something. We got a lot of guys that are new. In fact, we got a lot of pumped up drivers that are truckers. They just got their CDL. Maybe they're driving six months. Maybe they're driving a year. Maybe they're just getting their CDL. And these guys are pumped up to be old school. It's true. Yeah. So a lot of you guys out there that are that are experienced, and you think every guy and gal that's coming into the industry is just what you call a steering wheel holder. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's a lot of newbies out there that are seriously more old school some than some of the guys that have experience with them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, just from the letters we get. How about Ben? Ben's been writing us lately, and uh, you could you could tell Ben lives in Canada, but he trucks down to America. And this guy is definitely old school. He's got the heart of a trucker. I can tell, just like Sean Dirksen. Mm-hmm. Okay, but anyway, so you've got Matthew. He's 14. Peyton is 12. Seth is nine, and their little bundle of joy, Joy, is five years old, and it's been two years. Since he's driven, okay, and this guy, just to recap, is a trucker that loves, loves old school, um, I don't want to say rules, but the ways, you know what I mean? She said um, he, he loved to stop when he's seen a fellow driver that's broke down or in need of help, you know, maybe he needs help at a truck stop, whatever the case is, he, this is the guy that's going to be your buddy because he's coming to the rescue. And he also loves CB radios. He believed everyone should own one that had a big rig, she said. We all, we, we all agree on that. That's for sure. You know what I love about it? I'm already loving this story because if you think about it, she knows the lingo. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, mean, I guess a lot of wives do. But, like, you, you can hear her. She's saying words like old school. She's quoting her husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. That's an awesome trucker wife, right? Mm-hmm. So she goes on to say, she says, but he would always help the general public also. So it wasn't just about, okay, I see a brother trucker on the side of the road. I'm going to help him. This guy was helping anybody. This was in, and she says, his heart would never let him not help. I can understand that. You think she loves her husband? I think she does. She says, um, I know he sounds like Superman, right? Mm-hmm. That's a question mark. She goes, I know he sounds like Superman, right? Then she says, well, to everyone that's ever known him, he really was Superman. And he would never take money for helping. Never. He did it from his heart. Yeah, exactly. He had beliefs, you know, values. Or has. Then she says, one time I remember vividly our pregnant neighbor's water broke. And ironically, her family only had one car and her husband had taken it to work. That's a predicament. Yeah, you know what's next, right? She said, more irony. My husband was getting ready to head back out on the road when she came. How does she word this? So I, I, I guess she figured she, she could run the woman to the hospital and he can go, right? Then she writes, wrong. Our blazer wouldn't start either. How weird, right? That's what she wrote. She writes, how weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> the woman's car is with her husband 
her, you know, her own husband mm-hmm. at work, and she's gonna she's gonna take the the pregnant woman to the to the doctors or the hospital, and ironically, their I guess a Chevy Blazer they had wouldn't start. Um, so without hesitation, she writes, without hesitation, Paul, I guess that's his name. Paul is helping her into the bobtail. <laughs> now that's definitely going to start your, that's going to get you dilated. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool though. Think about it. It's like, here's, I guess Paul's her husband, right? Mm-hmm. Paul's helping this pregnant woman into the cab, right? And next thing you know, we are all on our way to the hospital. Paul, me, four kids, and a young, screaming, expectant mother. <laughs> Imagine that picture. <laughs> I'm just, it's a crazy, bouncy ride. That's all I can th- see is, is, is the craziness right now. It is crazy. Um, so then she writes, if there was ever a time that a dispatcher was sure that a driver was telling him the truth, it was that day. Paul had called his dispatcher, Frank, and told him he was going to be late. I'm sure Frank got the picture, as I'm sure he can hear the loud labor pains in the truck. She writes, so anyways, we live on back roads in the mountains of West Virginia. So when he gets off the interstate to get home, he has a very hilly and windy path to get here. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember when, when, when I would get off the interstate where we lived mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. You remember those roads? We grew up on those roads, right? Right. Those roads were like crazy, sharp, windy, fast. Um, she says the road home is very dangerous and filled with some sharp turns. There's a special curve that everyone seems to fly around, and it's kind of a blind curve when traveling home towards her house she said it is a right hand curve and papa always said be careful on the blind curve so there's a curve on this road she said but paul grew up on these back roads he even raced with his buddies back in the day and knew them very well she says one particular time he was coming home for some well-deserved home time. He had been out four weeks and couldn't wait to get home to those four big smiles waiting for him. Well, five big smiles. I almost forgot my my own smile. Ha ha. She writes, ha ha. I was counting in my head. I was saying, okay. Weren't you smiling, honey? <laughs> um, so she writes, as he was creeping down the driveway with what he called the beautiful black Pete (laughs) or his beautiful black Pete. He was doing what any other trucker would do for the, for that little gang of waiting kids. He was pulling that air horn (laughs) and making those smiles even bigger on their faces. I had a feeling that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty much, you know what I mean? When you got, when you're pulling up to your own driveway with your truck and your kids are outside waiting for you to pull up, You know, um, if he's an over-the-road driver, it's probably been at least a couple weeks since they've seen him. She writes, wow, I remember that day like it was yesterday. She says, now remember, this was about two years ago. 
She says, so the two older boys had to hold Seth back from running into the path of the moving big rig. So you, you could picture that. We, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you got the little one, he's wanting to run out. And you got the two going, wait, right here. And they're, and they're holding their little brother back. Mm-hmm. Even though the I'm sure daddy wasn't driving like a rocket down the driveway, but they're still trying to teach the little boy, hey, you don't run out in front of anybody. You wait until they get stopped. It's just good good teaching on, on Big Brother's part. What do you think? I agree. I agree. She says, and I was holding Joy, who was about three at the time. She said... Have you ever been to a rock climbing park where there is a bunch of kids trying to scale the walls? (laughs) Yes. She said, that's what it looked like once he was parked and the door was opened up. The little boy scaling up. Yeah, there they are climbing up to to see daddy. I mean, that's an awesome picture. Think about it. You got three young boys and, and then you got your girls right beside them, right? You got your wife and your little daughter and your three boys. And they're, they're like climbing up the rail and trying to get in the truck. You know, she said, um, when Paul would come home, the first thing he uh, did was played with those boys in the truck. So this was every time they would come home. The boys would climb up and they would play. She said they would pull the horn, climb in the bunk, and of course they would get too rough and started wrestling in the bunk. <laughs> she said that was the signal that it was time to finally get out of the rig and give me my dang kiss and hugs also. <laughs> dang, D-A-N-G. Um, I, I don't want to make fun of West Virginia people. Okay. I mean, we say dang here in Florida, don't we? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's my dang. Okay. Never mind. Anyway, so. All right. So you can't make fun of them because it's pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Dang is. Oh, dang is not really in the Northeast. They, they, they cuss a lot up there. Okay. So any, any, any uh, statements at all so far in this letter? I, I'm, 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 I'm definitely curious and I'm deeply involved in this, in this letter right now. Okay. Do you remember the kids' names? Um, you got Matthew, Peyton, Seth, and Joy. Little Joy. Um, so she writes, um, that evening, we just relaxed uh, and had some dinner, pork chops, taters, and veggies, which is a typical meal. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I, I, I got to be honest with you. When I would come off the road from being out there a couple of weeks, even though you can get a hot meal at a diner or whatever, nothing like your wife's cooking. Nothing like, I'll tell you what, there's a couple of things that are nothing like yours. Um, not the number one thing, but but one of the number one things when you come home, sitting in your own living room and sitting at your own table and eating your own home-cooked meals by your family. Nothing like that. But number one to me, there's nothing like your own bathroom. <laughs> you, you, you're, the best dumps you'll ever take are in your own bathroom. I mean, you're just free dumping. You know what I mean? What do you think of that? Oh, I didn't need to hear that. So she writes, we settled down that night and all of us just curled up in the living room for a movie. She says, if I recall, it was either, <clears throat> excuse me, she said it was either Shrek or a Pirates movie. I guess she doesn't actually remember the movie. Mm-hmm. She writes, of course, Paul was sleeping before the first 30 minutes of the movie was up. And you know what was funny? 
That would definitely be me. I would be home and I'm out. You know what? I will tell you, when you're trucking, you, you're like a robot. And you, you get up automatically, you deliver, you, you, get, you sleep, you get up, you roll, and you just keep doing it all week. But there's something in you, at least there was something in me, that once I got in my own house, it was like there was going to be extra sleeping in that first 24-hour period because it was almost like your body had to catch up on rest when you got back. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't she, doubt it. Exactly. So she writes, of course, Paul was sleeping before the first 30 minutes of the movie played. And by the end of the movie, she says, they were all out like a light. So like picture, you know, your husband comes home, they wrestle around, they play and they're having a great time. You know, it's happy times. And by the end of the movie, y- y- you uh, look up and everybody's sleeping but you. And she writes, the next morning, while I was making breakfast, there was a more wrestling as the boys snuck into the bedroom to attack daddy. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Exactly. Um, she writes, while he was sleeping, of course. She says, after breakfast, it was tradition time. What do you think tradition time is? They probably did something that they always did when he came home, like maybe go for a walk. No, nope, that's not it. Okay. You want you want to guess more? No, go ahead. You can if you want. You want to guess? No. You don't want to guess? Uh-uh. All righty. Well, guess what it was? She says, Daddy and the boys, and of course, little Joy. And then she writes in parentheses, her name is Joy because she's Daddy's little Joy, by the way. She writes, they went outside to clean the truck. That was our tradition. That's pretty cool. What? Got to get the dirty clothes out. I think that's cool. Yeah. So she says, oh, yeah, that was a pure sight to see. Imagine this crew trying to clean the inside of the truck while antagonizing each other. She said, once the inside was done, the outside was washed. And, of course, they ended up squirting each other. And horsing around some more, so it sounds like the, the typical. Yeah. It sounds like, and I, it sounds like Daddy probably antagonized himself a little bit. I, I would say Daddy was had a little bit of involvement in there. Yeah, a little bit of rough play. She writes. So that day we went grocery shopping and had dinner at the local burger joint. She said Paul spent the next few days getting the honeydews done. Which, of course, I know what that's like, Mm -hmm. obviously. You know, the things that you need me to get done, which everybody knows what the honeydews are. Yeah. Cut the grass if you had to. Fix certain things if you had to. Blah, 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 blah. She said, we spent whatever little private time together, if you know what I mean. I would later on in a few weeks learn that I was going to have another boy, and you guessed it. I'm sorry, another baby, and you guessed it, another boy. Uh-oh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, this one was named Paul Jr. after, of course, Paul Sr. She says, anyways, that was the night before Paul was to go back out on the road. And we got in, oh, here, she says, and we got into an argument. Uh Uh-oh. So they get into a fight, 
And and you know what that's like. I mean, it just happens. Married couples, especially young ones, right? Mm -hmm. She says, I won't tell you what the argument was about, but know this. I am the most stubborn person I know, and I don't like to apologize, and I never used to admit I was wrong. Sounds exactly like you. Seriously, it does sound like you. You're pretty stubborn. (laughs) You don't even want to admit that. (laughs) I'm not saying a word. (laughs) I take the fifth. (laughs) You drank a fifth? (laughs) So she says, so of course, after supper, I didn't say much to Paul, but know this. She says, I was dead wrong in that argument. In fact, the entire fight was my fault. She says, the next morning when Paul was packed and ready to pull out, He went to give me a hug and a kiss, and I gave him a fast peck on the cheek. She said, you know the kind of kiss that says, I really don't want you to kiss me. Or, you you know, I really don't want to kiss you. She says, and it sounds like she really was stubborn. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel bad for anybody that gets into a fight and... No matter what, even if they know they're wrong, like she just admitted she, mm-hmm. she it, it was, she said it, she was dead wrong. The entire fight was her fault. Yeah, but she hasn't admitted it to him yet. Right. And that's sad because, because, you know, there they are getting ready to say goodbye. Um, let me see. Where am I at? She gave him the fast peck on the cheek. Yeah. Okay. She says, even though I knew I was wrong, I still acted like I was right in my stubborn way. Anyways, Paul gave the kids their hugs and they were sad because they knew it would be weeks till they see daddy again. And of course, you know, the kids get sad. Mm-hmm. She says about two hours. I want to make sure my thing's playing. She says about two hours into Paul being gone, I started to feel guilty and thought I would call him and schmooze things over. Two hours too late. He just left. Exactly. You should have did it last. Well, anyways, she says when I got, she said, that's when I got the worst knock on my door anyone could ever get. Stay please. Wow. <laughs> she said, uh, well, they were there to deliver the news that Paul had been killed. Guess I should have read it. <laughs> How stupid. Well, that's sad. That is sad. What do you think? I agree. It's most stupid, or the, the it's it's the worst news that you can get is having someone come to your door. I know. She probably feels extremely bad, horrible because she did not tell him that he she loved him and gave him the hug and kiss before he walked out the door. Yeah, she said, it was the worst day of my life, one I can't get back. She said, I'm, I'm writing in hopes 
that you will tell mine and Paul's story. Well, we just did, Miss Annie. I'm so sorry. Mm, that's horrible. She says, uh, please tell your audience that there is something special about a trucker's relationship with their family. Hmm. What do you think of that? It is a special relationship. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible letter. Hmm. Wow. You ever fear that knock on the door? I have many oh, times. Horrible. So she said, we only get to see each other so many times a year. This is the special relationship I guess she's talking about. She said, there should be a rule in every trucking family's house. Papa is not allowed to leave. If there's any anger or any unforgiven fights. I agree. That's you, a, that's you, a, uh, you, shouldn't, you should not go uh, out the door no matter what. I mean, that's one of the rules, even when you and I were angry at each other, I st we still give each other hugs and kisses, say I love you before you walk out the door, because you don't know. Hey, what's that scripture say? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Correct. Wow. She, she then says, you will never forgive yourself if the last thing you say to each other is something in anger. You will never forgive yourself if the last kiss you have together was one you pulled back on. Mm -hmm. How, what do you think of that? That's crazy. Hmm. Crazy, crazy letter. And you especially will never forgive yourself if the last time your children looked into their daddy's eyes, they seen him sad because mama was acting mad. At him instead of loving him. Ooh. It's a sad letter. What do you think, R? I think that it's uh, something that everybody should be thinking about. She says, thank you for the entertainment. And I especially thank you for entertaining Paul. He loved you guys too. Hmm. Well, Lord willing, you'll see him again. Yeah. Till you meet again. I don't even know what to say on, on a letter like that, Ruthann. That's crazy. That is crazy. What do you think? I oh. think that I think that um when Annie wrote that she wanted everybody to think about how you treat one another and think how you want your relationship to go and how far you need it to go versus going and, and regretting that you don't get to see each other again. All right, drivers, there you have it. You'll need to make sure that you don't leave home in anger ever or sadness or anything like that at all. Follow Annie's advice. Yes, please follow Annie's advice and Always make sure, because you just don't know if it's the last time you'll see each other. And like she said, it's a special relationship truck drivers have. Drivers, if you're looking for a local, home, everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber today. They have positions for Class A and 
Class B local drivers. They can take experienced drivers, students, and non-CDL drivers. With over 160 locations, chances are they have a position for you. So go to carterlumber.com forward slash talkcdl and apply today. Again, that's carterlumber.com forward slash talkcdl. Thank you. Hey, drivers, are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the way station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And start bypassing the scales yourself. If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. If you're a driver looking for a new trucking job, check out NCI. NCI offers the following. New Kenworth T680s, competitive wages, solo team and students welcome, plus a full benefit package for you and your family. Check them out today at 888-311-7076. That's 888-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via truckparkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. All right, we are back after that sad letter, Ruthann. That was, that was, that's such a tragic, and you know, that happens probably. Well, daily. I don't want to say daily, but it, I'll bet you it happens enough that it's, it's, uh, breaks a lot of hearts, you know, and not just in trucking, you know, you get into a fight and then next thing you know, something happens to somebody that you don't get to say, I'm sorry, or you don't get to say, you know, I love you or anything like that. That's just very sad. It is. I, I mean, you, you don't want the one thing that, that Miss Annie had said is you don't want to, you don't want to feel that guilt that you have to live with knowing that you can never take back that, that argument. You can never say you're sorry to the person. You can never, you can never make it get better, make it better by, by apologizing or just giving them a hug. It's gone. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So interesting story I read. Um, and I didn't even, pardon me. I mean, I did not know. I was never a big Motley Crue guy, you know, 
You're probably going, what do you mean, Motley Crue? We're on a trucking show here. <laughs> um, um, John Karab- Karabi. Have you ever heard of him? There was a time where he was the front man, 1992 to 1997. He was the lead singer of Motley Crue, I guess, when Vince Neil left. Hmm. Interesting. No, I, I never even knew that. Yeah. Um, but guess what? He took a year when he left Motley Crue. So he, he leaves Motley Crue, becomes a trucker for a year, and then goes back to singing for Rat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Or playing guitar for Rat, whatever the case is. I, I was kind of like blown away, but it was really a neat story because he says, a former member of Motley Crue says that he spent a year after his departure from the band and had a, uh, a blanking blast. He says, John Karabi was the front man for Motley Crue between 92 and 97. After leaving the band, he realized the money he had made wasn't going to last him very long, so he turned to trucking to support himself and his family. It's kind of weird that the front the front man of Motley Crue is... But here's why, though. It says that that's when uh, one of the things everybody assumes... Uh, because I did the Motley Crue thing that I was a multimillionaire, he said in an interview. But at the, at the same time, I joined Motley in 1992 and left in 97. And in the five years, my son was diagnosed with diabetes and my mom was diagnosed with cancer. So fortunately slash unfortunately, I wound up taking care of them financially. So I guess he's saying, fortunately, I had the money. Unfortunately, the money got spent. He says, uh, so by the time the five years had passed, I, I lived off the money and beyond, but it was starting to get dangerously low. So the music industry was changing. He said a lot of the 80s bands weren't selling any records, so it was a weird time. Yeah, the 90s was kicking in. Yeah. Um, he says... Um, I thought I can get a trucking license in three weeks, and I'm going to learn how to do this. Karabi then ended up driving a truck across the country for a year before going on tour with another band, Rat. He says, I've been literally touring my whole life, and there was things that I'd never seen before until I started driving a truck, and I had a freaking blast, he said. Mentally, it was it cleared my head because I was just driving and thinking and mapping things out in my head, and then I made, and then I made a really decent living, and I had health insurance for my son and I. He said, he adds that when he told his boss he was quitting to go on tour with Rat, his boss was confused. He <laughs> says it was funny because a lot of people didn't know who I was. Or they didn't know anything about my history. It was cool, man. I had a great time. It was... I got to tell you, honestly, and that was the story. The guy sounds actually pretty humble. 
Yeah. I mean, if, and if not everybody he worked with knew who he was. Exactly. I would say that's pretty humble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're out on the road. Yeah, man, I was lead singer for Motley Crue. Yeah, right. Yeah, hey. Vince hey. Neil's the only lead singer, they'd say. They didn't know that there's still a band going on after that. Yeah, I could just see him saying that in the parking lot. Yeah, I was lead singer of Motley Crue, and then one guy gets on the CB and goes, Hey, Swift, did you know this guy over here was Motley Crue's lead singer? Now he's driving a truck. he's a trucker now but no i guess no one would believe it but then all of a sudden the guy i guess he gets the call rat wants them to play with him he's like you know what i drove a truck for a year i'm gonna go make some real money now and get back you know touring and all other good stuff that's a pretty cool story don't you think yeah i think it's pretty cool because you know actually i've i've got rat songs going now through my head um, just a couple other things real quick. Just two little things I've got, if you don't mind moving on. Moving on. It says two arrested after train obliter- obliterates, uh, is, I'm sorry, two arrested after train obliterates stuck big rig. Um, so now this dude gets arrested and it's, what's funny is I seen the video the other day. I recognize it where I guess he, he gets stuck on the train track and the train just cuts the trailer in half. Mm-hmm. This is a truck driver and passenger were arrested Thursday in North Carolina after a train versus truck strike led police. See, I'm thinking, okay, so you're getting arrested for what? Reckless driving or what the case is? And then it says they discovered drugs and alcohol inside the cab. Mm. He says the train collision occurred at 5 p.m. on June 8th in Wingate, North Carolina. According to the news, a semi-truck hauling pallets of bricks got its landing gear stuck on the set of a railroad tracks in North Carolina and, and a CSX train struck the trailer before the driver was able to, uh, to free the trucks, the truck vehicle. No injuries were reported. Uh, it said following the crash, police reports reported finding cocaine an open container of alcohol, marijuana and magic mushrooms. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, so this is the funny part, right? Um, truck. It says truck driver Patrick Rainey and passenger Dandrus Lake were arrested. I wanted to make sure I mentioned them, you know, give them, give them their credit, mm-hmm. you know, for making Talk CDL's news. Um, what's funny, though, is it said the landing gear got caught on the train tracks. Yeah, it was because I was trying to think about. Well, they didn't wind it up all the way. Yeah. So I wonder why they didn't wind it up all the way. <laughs> I mean, they only had magic mushrooms, weed, and coke in the truck. Yeah, and, and an open container. And, and an open container of alcohol. So you have just to, to wash all that down. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture them. You know how magic mushrooms, they say, makes you laugh your ass off? I know a lot of people that have eaten them, you know. So I can just imagine them. You know, dropping and hooking the trailer because, you know, obviously you had to have been hooked into a trailer unless the trailer was in the door while you were getting unloaded or loaded. But somehow when they once they got under it, (laughs) I don't know, did they even crank it up? Were they just giggling? I have from the mushrooms. I have no idea because I'm just trying to think of how I'm just trying to think how they were able to drive, you know, like from anywhere (laughs) to you know, five feet in front of them with all of that. I mean, to me, I wouldn't have been able to be functional. Yeah. And if I look at the picture of the, of, of the, uh, actual accident where it happened, it wasn't like the train tracks were on like a really steep incline coming over. So obviously it doesn't look like they really probably even 
bothered winding it up once they got under it. <laughs> hey man, get the get the get the dolly, man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> crank, crank. I'm ready. I can just. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> And 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 did he go? Did they go over that first track and they're stuck between two tracks that they couldn't back it out? I mean, I'm I'm literally, I see that. Picture, yeah. So it's like how far they were like in the middle of it all. So I was trying to figure out, you know, they weren't able to back it up. They weren't able to go forward, and yeah. they weren't quick enough because they're too busy screaming in the in the bob. I could just imagine <laughs> if they were on the mushrooms and they had the alcohol in them. They'd be like, hey, man, we're stuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, man, here comes a train. Uh, you better get off. Hey, man, holy thing. Oh, man. I could just, uh, can you imagine, like, if they were, like, still laughing after the train took the trailer? Hey, man, you just lost your trailer, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's more funnier right now. You were on the I'm image just, of them. <laughs> I'm just saying, how stupid is it? Like, open alcohol, cocaine, weed, and magic mushrooms. Come on. Can you just imagine With that? a load of bricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just, I could just picture it, man. I could just picture them laughing their ass off. When the cop pulled up, maybe, they might have been just laughing their ass off. And the cop's like, something isn't right here. <laughs> wow. What do you think? Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. You guys, you guys, take... Take a page out of these guys' books. You know what? Magic mushrooms and a class A CDL just don't mix. <laughs> <laughs> no, it don't. In fact, in fact, I just got a report. Interesting, uh, interesting that we uh, are talking about drugs. I got one other follow-up report moving on here. It says 23% more truck drivers live where marijuana is legal. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> a growing number of truck drivers are being exposed to legalized marijuana in their home states, according to a new report from a leading freight hauling industry research group. While federal laws still prohibit professional drivers from recreational or medical use, there's a 23% more truck drivers living in marijuana legalized jurisdictions than just four years ago. That's because, like, everybody's just about every state's there almost. It says, the report by the American Transportation Research Institute joins another notable study released in May by a nationwide chain of drug testing labs, Quest Diagnostics, we know that, mm -hmm. that said positive test results for THC, which is the psycho... Uh, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. It says, following... On-the-job accidents among the whole U.S. workforce reached a 25-year high in 2022. It said all the while the Federal Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse, which is where the truckers' names are at, it says the, the repository of test results for all transportation employees nationwide, including truck drivers, saw a 31% jump in marijuana positives last year. 31 percent that's sick now that's let's just make hundred. it all over the states positive for for marijuana let it all be legal yeah so i mean like if you had thirty thousand last year 31 percent means you had another nine to ten thousand on top of that an increase from the year before it says in 2012 Colorado and Washington became the first states. Do you remember that when they became the recreational states where you can go into 7-Eleven, yeah. get a Slurpee and a, and a joint? And a joint, yeah. It says 
Since then, 19 more states and the District of Columbia have legalized recreational use and 38 plus D.C. have sanctioned it for medical. So 19 more. So you have 21 states now where you can legally get high without without a medical purpose. And it says, and 38 more have also inc- uh, given the go-ahead for, like if you have a what they call a medical card, everybody can get one, and you can also smoke weed. Um, in fact, you and I have mentioned it. How many times have we go to one of the parks or go somewhere in Florida, and every time you get out of your car, don't matter where you're at, you can smell weed. Yeah. Everywhere Daytona you go. Daytona's really bad with it, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, everywhere you go, you can smell weed. Um, it says... Um, Really, bottom line, the bottom line with this is the clearinghouse is clearing people out. We've talked about the clearinghouse a million times, Mm -hmm. but it's really, really sad because the amount of truckers, you guys got to know this, just because your state, I'm surprised that I even have to tell you guys this, just because your state made it legal to smoke weed in and it's giving you access to it. Seriously, it's still illegal to be a trucker and have marijuana in your system when tested. And and you don't get high from secondhand smoke of marijuana. Well, you don't you don't fail. You mean you, you don't, don't fail, fail it? Drugs no. Yeah, and you're right. You don't. Um, and that's been proven also. So, guys, I'm just telling you honestly. If you want to be a trucker, this is. I met a guy one time. He was home. He worked for J.B. Hunt. I remember that. The guy was telling me he's like. He failed the, uh, a drug screen. He said, he said, literally, I hadn't smoked in 10 years. He said, I came home for Christmas holidays, went to a party, smoked weed. Day one when I returned, my name came up for a random. That has to suck. He, and he said, I hadn't had a random in five years. He, That's got to really suck. Yeah, talk about irony. So, guys, just as, as as you think, okay, one time won't hurt. I just got to, you know, go long enough to where it's out of my system. Just when you think that is when they say, hey, Billy Bob, uh, you got a random. You have so much time to be at this testing place. And if you don't get there and take that test, boom, it's automatic fail. A, a refusal is a failure. It is. A refusal is a failure. So, I mean, I don't even know the number. Uh, I know last year it was like forty-five or 50,000 people literally had failed the drug screen in in uh, trucking. Anyways, Ruth Ann, stay away from marijuana if you have a Class A CDL and you plan on using your Class A CDL. Because if you don't, you're... And one other thing I wanted to mention, Ruth Ann, um, I've been talking to a lot of drivers lately... And, you know, that and they're looking for jobs and they're, you know, telling us their stories and all this other stuff. But a couple of them said to me, hey, Troy, what's a SAP program? So for all you truckers that are seeing, because right now you see a lot of ads for truckers and every one of them says no SAP, no SAP. S is in Sam, A is in Apple, P is in Paul. That stands for Substance Abuse Program. When you fail or refuse a drug screen, the only way to get back into the industry now Okay, because it's all in the clearinghouse. Nobody can legally bring you back in until you complete what's called the substance abuse program or the SAP program. And then your SAP officer or the guy that certified you has to send the information to a company that's willing to do what's called the reentry test. And then you have to do six 
randoms in a year. And here's the problem. Nobody wants a sap driver right now. So if you're thinking about smoking weed this weekend, all right, know this. If you get caught, you probably aren't even going to get a job, even if you complete the SAP program, because most companies aren't even hiring them. No, they don't. They don't want to hire them right now. What's that old saying? Say no to drugs. Yes. This is your brain on drugs. This is your brain on drugs. And this is the podcast being turned over to Miss Ruth Ann and her word of the day by Word Genius. Ruth Ann, you got it ready? I got it ready. Let's hear it, girl. Tittle. Wait. Tittle? Tittle. Like, tittle. Do it again. Tittle. 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 I mean, what does tittle mean? Does it mean just tittling around? A tiny amount or part of something. A small written or printed stroke or dot indicating omitted letters in a word. Yeah, like they say, just tittling around. Right? You said a small amount. A small amount? Yeah, just tittling. Or a tiny amount or part of something. The cake looked delicious, but I could only eat a tittle of a slice. Even a tittle... Of bicycle grease can permanently stain a garment. Wow. Ruth Ann, that was a pretty cool word of the day. It's a tittle. It's a tittle. It's a tittle. Yeah, it's just a tittle word. All right, Ruth Ann, we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.